Side Hustle Show 175, how to use free videos to build a full-time online business. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. What's up? What's up? Nick Lober here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, your 2016 Academy of Podcasters Awards finalist for Best Business Podcast. Really flattered by that nomination and to be included alongside some of the biggest names in the business people I really look up to, like Pat Flynn, Tim Ferriss, Gary Vaynerchuk, John Lee Dumas, uh, Jordan Harbinger was in there. It's really uh, it's really pretty crazy, so thank you for that. I'm not sure how the nominations worked, but thank you, uh, whoever was in charge. Um, but it's really about the guests and the helpful tools and, and tactics and takeaways that they bring to the table week in and week out. And this week is no different. And for that reason, I'm excited to welcome uh, my friend Gabby Wallace to the show. She's taken her full-time teaching job and turned it into a successful location-independent online business, largely with the help of YouTube. So stick around to hear how she's generated her first video views, how she generates a steady stream of search engine-friendly content, why she thinks she stood out in a crowded space, and the four ways she's monetizing her growing channel. Notes and links for this one, plus a free PDF highlight reel from this conversation are at sidehustlenation.com slash Gabby, G-A-B-B-Y. Ready? Let's get Gabby on the line. I was an English teacher in the classroom for many years. I've taught, you know, everybody from kindergartners to seniors, senior citizens, like everywhere in between. And I was doing some corporate training, working in a pharmaceutical company in Japan. And I had this really weird schedule where I would teach an 8am class and then I would have a long like four hour break and I didn't have time to go home. I couldn't really do anything cool. I had to stick around because I had another class at like one and then another class at like 7pm. So I had a lot of gaps in the day. And um, I started trying to think of Cool things I could do without leaving the the office really okay. and also trying to think of how I could help my students more because they're busy adults and you know they knew a lot of like English writing but they needed help with their speaking and listening so I also really love making video and I thought okay that's it I'm gonna use this free time and I'm gonna make some little video tutorials and just share them with my students and maybe they'll like them and maybe, you know, it'll just be some good use of this downtime. And that was pretty much the extent of my plan in 2011. So I made a few videos and it's like, oh, shoot, these are too heavy to send by email. Like the files are too big to send directly to my students. So then I remember, I was like, oh, there's that YouTube thing. I'll just upload the videos there and then send the links to my students. So I did that and I put the videos on public settings so anyone could watch them. And I really didn't have like an intention of building a business, although I did know that I was making something that could be an asset. Like for what? I didn't know. But Damn. just making that media, making, you know, that thing that could teach people while I was sleeping or doing whatever. It's like, yeah, that's cool. That's that's an asset. So 
my students, I don't even know if they watched the videos. I think some of them did, some of them didn't. But then other people out there in the world who also happened to be on YouTube came across my videos. And then a few months later, I got some messages through YouTube of English learners asking me, like people from you know China, from Brazil, from different countries asking me, like, hey, would you be my English coach? Because I really like the way that you're teaching. And what do you charge for Skype lessons? Oh, wow. Oh my God. I never, I never thought of that. Like, okay, sure. Let's do Skype lessons. That sounds awesome. Yeah, that's, a, that's a great sign that people are coming to you asking to give you money. Totally. I was not even prepared for that. I wasn't saying anything in my videos. Like, so if you'd like me to be your teacher, just, you know, dial 1-800, like yeah, none, yeah. none of that. <laughs> How many videos do you think you had at that point? Probably only like less than a dozen for sure. Probably okay. like eight videos, just a guesstimate. And that was probably like between five to six months after posting the first one. So it was not overnight. And they're kind of slowly attracting views. Did you do any like marketing for them to get those first, those initial views? If you call emailing my family and friends marketing. Like, That's how it starts. Got to start with your network. It's exactly. Like I had my personal Facebook account and I posted my first few videos on there. Like, hey guys, look at what I'm doing. I'd love your feedback. And my friends were really nice. They're like, oh, that's cool. I remember one friend was like, yeah, but you might want to like edit the part where you turn on the camera and turn it off. Because <laughs> in the beginning, seriously, these first videos were so embarrassing. I didn't edit anything. And I think the content was good. But like I really was starting from zero in terms of like audio, video and editing and even marketing knowledge. I think sharing with my students was helpful, sharing with my colleagues as well, asking them, you know, for their feedback, but also to share with other English learners who might find it beneficial. And just by doing that, I think that's how the momentum kind of grew. That's good to hear that it's like, okay, I didn't have a, a full production studio uh, to get started. Like I just focused on the content and that naturally led to some discovery there. Totally. And that's always been, I think my focus is just by just getting content out that people are searching for, like those most asked burning questions that my target audience was searching for in Google. Like, how do I speak fluent English? How do I lose my accent? How do I use the past perfect tense? Like stuff like that. And then making videos about it. Okay. So, so people are reaching out to you for one-on-one -on -one Skype lessons at that point. What happens next? Do you say, okay, I've got, I've got something here. I'm going to put more time and energy into it. Yeah. So exactly. I kept posting videos kind of sporadically. I didn't have a standard operating procedure. I didn't have a schedule, like a content marketing calendar or anything official. I just, I was working as a teacher full time. So definitely staying busy, but then I just used whatever I was teaching at that moment and thought about the questions that my students had in my quote unquote real job and <laughs> made videos about it and kept posting stuff. And my audience started to grow on YouTube and they were really encouraging. They were like, yeah, keep posting videos. This is great. I kept doing the one-on-one -on -one Skype lessons for about a year and then I started getting more and more requests for lessons and some requests for a course, like a, a digital course. Okay. So when that came in, I was like, oh, yes, of course I have a digital course. 
Let's circle back to the digital course thing, but I want to pause on the uh, just answering questions thing. That th- that's such a powerful content generating engine. Yeah. And that's why shows like Ask Pat and uh, Ask Gary Vee and Ask Altitude like, are so popular. And even sites like Quora are so popular because it's just like, you know, people are searching for these exact, you know, Google has become the the answer engine. And, and YouTube, I think, is a lot easier to rank stuff for. So like, you know, I have a, I created a Gmail label called questions of, of questions that people start emailing me. And it's like, if I was smart, like I would do more than just archive them. Like I, I could turn those into videos and I could have like a whole side hustle channel on, uh, on YouTube. But I think that's a really cool, uh, a cool way to go. Absolutely. I completely agree. I mean, this is the number one way that I figure out my content is by looking at what questions my students were asking me in the classroom. Now that I haven't been in the classroom uh, for well over a year. I survey my audience. You know, I ask them, what's your biggest challenge? What's your biggest difficulty? And every time, everything that they send me is like exactly, even in the language that I should be making it, you know, like the, the words, like I never wanted to do a video about how to become fluent in English because how do you answer that in five minutes? And I like to keep my videos around five minutes. But then that's what people kept asking me. That's what they kept typing into this survey. So I was like, okay, I need to make some videos where the title is how do I become fluent in English? And maybe like more specific points within that. But, you know, sure enough, my videos that have titles like how do I become fluent through watching movies or how do I become fluent uh, in English through listening to music or, you know, whatever other thing, like that's the language that my audience was using. And so I needed to meet them where they were and what they were searching for. And so that translated eventually. So, so I can't teach you to be English or I can't teach you to be fluent in five minute, uh, in a five minute <laughs> video, but I can hopefully get you farther along that path in this online course. On YouTube, I rarely try to sell directly on YouTube, but I do mention that I have courses and audio ebooks and like premium learning materials. But I don't really look at YouTube as a place for infomercials. You know what I mean? Hey, entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences with Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. 
For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you do like the the annotation links or kind of like the outro plug? Do you check out gonaturalenglish.com or something like that? Yeah, every time, even two times within a video, I talk about a freebie that I have on my site, like a free uh, sample training course. Okay. And people can come over and check that out. Is that email required? Yes. Okay. How did you know? No, no, no. Smart, smart. <laughs> it's so important because most of my sales for courses all happen through my email list. I mean, very few happen just directly on my website or, you know, I did an experiment where I was putting links like direct from YouTube to my audio eBooks and it just didn't sell. Like maybe it's the price point, you know, the audio eBooks were like, $45. And you know, that's quite a bit higher than free. Right. <laughs> but it just didn't sell directly from YouTube. So now my strategy and what I recommend for most people, because it works for me is just, you know, don't try to sell anything directly on YouTube, like let people warm up to you, let them get to know you, they'll develop more trust, you know, over the long run, if you just consistently show up on a platform like YouTube, and then offer them something more for free, and then they join your email list. And it doesn't have to be like, you know, that long between when you meet them on YouTube and when you offer them something for sale, but like at least develop that relationship first. How did you decide what to put out public to the world on YouTube versus, you know, what to put behind the email gate on uh, on your site and then what to put in like the premium paid course? It's always the question that everyone says, oh, put your best stuff out in the world for free. But it's like, well, then I got to hold something back to, to charge for. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's a really good question because at first I didn't really have a strategy for paid versus free because I didn't know that I was going to be creating a course. I didn't know that I was going to be selling a video course, you know, that, that would be something different than my YouTube channel. So I agree you should put your best stuff out there, but it doesn't have to be the same content and it doesn't have to be the same format. Like one way you can differentiate from your YouTube channel is to just have a different format. Like I find my audio ebooks surprisingly are way more popular. Like that's the most popular format. I mean, the video or multimedia courses that I sell are a higher price point, but I'm surprised that, you know, people are going for the audio ebooks. I think that's because they're like highly portable and I don't know, there, there's probably a lot of reasons, but um, just to answer your question, like format could be different. It could be similar content, but just a completely different format, different length. Okay. Like my videos on YouTube tend to be around five minutes. Some are a little longer, but I really like the five minute time because it's enough to say something useful, but still like leaving people want to watch more. Okay. And my paid products are definitely way longer than five minutes. And also another thing that I've started doing in the last couple of years is really changing the content and the focus of the YouTube channel where in the beginning, I would do more practical tips like 
this is how you use the past perfect tense in English grammar. And now it's more like, how do you motivate yourself to continue your English studies? So the difference is more like, I'm still giving practical information, even about grammar. Sometimes I still talk about grammar, but there's always a lot of that kind of motivation and inspiration. You know, some people might say, oh, you're just, you know, that's just fluff. That's not useful. But (laughs) the biggest part of becoming fluent is being able to stay motivated. That's what I've seen in over 10 years as an English language teacher and learning languages myself. It's like, it's the motivation that makes the difference. So my YouTube channel is probably like 50% motivation, 50% practical language tips. Inside my paid products, it's more like practical. I mean, you still get like the positive energy and the motivation, but it's more and how to and practice as well. There's a lot more like repeat after me type stuff in the uh, the paid format. I imagine there are dozens or hundreds of other people with English tutorials or English language learning lessons on YouTube. What do you think made you stand out? Because I am me on YouTube and I like being in front of a camera and you don't have to put your face in front of a camera to be successful. But um, I think think that's something that differentiates me because the English learners watching the channel are like, oh, I recognize that person as my teacher. And for whatever reason, they can relate to me. As a teacher, I never, you know, try to be, you know, liked, but I am myself. And so, you know, sometimes I'm a little bit goofy, or sometimes I make fun of myself, or sometimes, you know, I'm like super uh, energetic on the video, like, hey, you know, let's study grammar. Oh, my God, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just silly, you know, and, and not everybody teaching English is like that. And not everybody learning English wants that. I've had complaints from people in the past. Okay, well, this is not for you. There, there's somebody else out there that could be your teacher. Exactly. So you've got to be yourself or you've got to be like whatever version of yourself that you want to have fit with your brand, if that makes sense. No, thank you for saying that. Cause it's like, I think people would be curious about the, con- oh, what there's already somebody doing what I want. Oh my gosh. No, still do it because you're going to be, let's say, what are you teaching? How to knit? Like there's other people teaching how to knit, but you're going to bring your personality. You're going to bring your experience, your stories that you're going to tell. You're going to bring that to your channel and people are going to relate to that. And it doesn't matter that there's like 500 other knitting channels. Tell me about like, you know, growing this subscriber base. So we're sitting at uh, around 170,000 subscribers at the time of this recording, which is nuts. Any strategies behind like uh, consistently growing that number? And, and does that directly translate, I imagine, to revenue or, you know, what else is going on in the business? Yeah. Well, it's funny because now that I'm at this point, like 170,000, I'm always thinking, oh man, that's like nothing. I've got to, I've got to get over 200,000. You know, I'm always <laughs> It's always like, the next milestone. Always the next milestone. Exactly. But I'll tell you that it was around the end of 2014 that I had about 10,000 subscribers. And like I told you, I started my channel in 2011 you know, roughly three years to get to 10,000 subscribers. That's not exactly like fast growth, but I also had no clue what I was doing strategy wise. I think, like I said, the content was cool and everything, but I had no real strategy. And around that time, I got an email from YouTube and they were like, Hey, we see your channel has really been growing a lot. We'd like to offer you some mentoring for free. And I was like, yeah, sign me up. So I had these 
awesome mentors direct from YouTube helping me over six months and teaching me the strategies that would improve my viewership, my audience, you know, that was incredible. Like what they're doing for creators is amazing because they want YouTube to succeed too. So that means like, all right, lay lay it on us. What's, what's like the 80, 20 of, of what they had you do? Well, just like, it really ties into answering the questions that your audience wants to know and putting that in your title. So I usually I offer this example, like don't make your title my word of the day or like my video or mm-hmm. <laughs> something that makes sense to you, but nobody's going to be searching for my video. So anyway, to the strategy question, like make sure that your titles are addressing things that people are searching for. That's one of my top takeaways and top tips is just make sure that you have a title that includes keywords, but also includes something unique about the video. So I'm not going to title every single one of my videos, English fluency one, English fluency two, like it's a little bit too much of like just the keywords. I want to do some keywords and some kind of specific words to that video. Like I offered the example before, like English fluency through watching movies. Okay, so like, can I learn fluent English as an adult is a recent video. Why is it so hard to lose my strong accent in English? Three big mistakes in your English listening. Okay, so there, there's you know a bunch of different ways to to throw those keywords in without... Is that the extent of YouTube SEO is like put it in the title? The title is the most important, but there's also the description. The description is not a horrible idea. I, I don't actually go that far. Um... I'll probably be fleshing out my descriptions more as I update my channel. But basically right now I just have one sentence that gets people interested in watching the video because the first two lines of the description are visible when you search for videos and the, like, you know, when you get a list of results in YouTube, you can see the first couple lines of the description. So besides the title, you want the first couple lines of the description to get people to click on the video to, to watch. Oh, okay. I normally put like a link in my top line. And put the link. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You beat me to it. It's like the first line, I put something to kind of catch people's interest. And then the second line, I put whatever link I want people to go to. So like my website. Yeah. Sounds good. Let's talk about money. How is this thing uh, a business? Like obviously, hey, I put up all these Uh, videos for free. They're taking up my time. They're taking up my energy. And so you mentioned the one-on-one stuff. Are you still doing the one-on-one consultation? How is what's driving the business today? No more one-on-ones. It's been two or three years since I've done the one-on-ones. And one-on-ones are cool. They're a great place to start, especially to get to know your target audience better. Yeah. Um, but I do not do that anymore. It doesn't fit with the lifestyle and like all the crazy travel that I'm doing. There's a few different streams of income that I have through YouTube and there's different ways that you can monetize your channel. So where to start YouTube itself? Like if you check the little box to monetize your videos that allows YouTube to put ads on your videos. So If you do that, that's cool. I've been doing it for years and I've been thinking, oh, should I take it off? Should I leave it? Whatever. There's different ways to monetize, but that's one. But that is something that you opt into. Yeah. So that's an opportunity to monetize. And it's basically just kind of linking up your AdSense account. And from the pretty early days, this was like several hundred dollars a month for you. 
Yeah, I wouldn't say from the early days. I would say like after I hit about 10,000 subscribers. So after about three years on YouTube of just, you know, kind of like doing whatever I felt like, like not a real strategy, right? Um, after about that point, I was making coffee money, like about three, $400 a month, which I was happy with. And then as it grew and I left the monetization on after about 100,000 subscribers, the AdSense went over $1,000 a month. So that was definitely nice, pretty much paying rent with YouTube. Yeah, that's great. And, and relatively consistent month to month. Yeah. So just to have an idea, I mean, it's definitely not like you, you cannot calculate it. Like YouTube doesn't make it possible. You can't say like, oh, if I get, if I just make sure to get a thousand views on 10 videos a month, I'm going to end up with X amount of money. Like it's impossible because there's so many different variables and YouTube doesn't even tell you what those are. So I wouldn't make this like my main income source, but as one of many, it's definitely nice. The thing you have to think about though, is are you going to annoy the heck out of your viewers by having ads up all over the place? And is that going to deter people from watching? So I've started taking ads down off of some of my more popular videos because I'd rather encourage people to watch the whole thing and then come visit my website. Oh, okay. So you can pick and choose individual videos to opt in or out of the program for. Yeah, Okay. exactly. That's pretty cool. But it's all an experiment. That's what's so cool about doing this is if you like to experiment and just figure out, you know, it's, it's all just like nobody, nobody's written the exact rules of how to be successful on YouTube. I mean, there's things that you can do that will for sure improve your chances. Um, and I've actually written an ebook about it, but I mean, it's a lot of trial and error to see what your audience responds to. You know, it depends on, on who your audience is. If they're, um, certain age or certain interests or, you know, whatever, like it's really interesting. Are you doing any sponsorship sales for, for different videos? Yeah. So, um, I am since I'm not doing the one-on-one lessons and actually I, I did a lot of experimentation. I hired teachers to do, uh, lessons online for a little while and then realized, you know, they were awesome, but I realized that it didn't really make sense business wise. And I didn't really want to manage a team of online lesson teachers, um, so, so I do have teachers that help me with different things, uh, for the courses that I sell, but not, not the, uh, live lessons anymore. So since I'm not doing that, but there's still a huge demand from my audience. Like I get several messages every week, people asking me, Hey, how can I, you know, how can I take an online lesson? Like, tell me, give your, your advice. Where can I practice online? I've matched up, partnered with a couple different companies that are, sponsoring my channel and I'm giving an honest review of what they do talking about special offers that they're giving you know for my audience and so it's a pretty cool match that's still pretty new but I did that a couple years ago and then um, that's when I thought oh maybe I can do this myself and then you know kind of came full circle back to the like no I think sponsorship is better Okay. Do you have those set up as kind of like a referral or lead gen affiliate relationship? Or is it like straight, hey, we're going to pay you $1,000 to mention us in this video? Um, so you're talking like flat fee versus like an affiliate link? Yeah. yeah so both, like one, one company is giving me a flat fee and then one is a flat fee plus an affiliate link. Okay. So Cool. 
So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. The thing with sponsorship is that, I mean, you have to make them happy, right? I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure that they'll be happy with the results, but it's like, you just want to be sure that you don't overpromise. So my thing is always underpromise and overdeliver. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes. T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. When you, I'm curious, when you turned off the ads on those popular videos, did you see a spike in website traffic, email signups, and you know, ultimately course sales or audiobook sales? Funny thing is, my opt-in pages just like broke for about a week after I did Oh, no. It's really hard to measure because on one hand, there might be more people visiting my website and trying to opt in. But on the other hand, it's like the page is broke. So it's just really hard to measure right now. And it's it's only been, um, I think it's just been a month since I turned them off. And it takes about a month to report those numbers. So I wish I had better data for you, but it's more of a feeling. (laughs) That's well, it's a longer term play, right? Like I could trade, you know, maybe I'll make a dollar on an AdSense click right now, or maybe I can make, like you said, $45 for an audiobook sale or even more for a multimedia course sale uh, down the road if I can get that person uh, onto my, into my, into my fold, into my email list. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, another way to monetize that I actually don't do, but it might be interesting for people out there is just uh, converting people from YouTube to your website and then having ads on your website, like Google ads or sponsored ads, and not actually selling anything on your website besides just the ad space. Yeah, it's just a a traffic driver. Yeah. And then one other cool way that you mentioned was setting yourself up as a leader in the English or the language learning space and kind of organizing some bundle deals with other teachers. 
Yeah, it's so cool. You know, you mentioned a few minutes ago about like, oh, what if there's other channels doing the same thing? Like, is there space to do, you know, the same topic? And yeah, there's a lot of different people doing like English lessons on YouTube. And there's probably people doing, you know, whatever, you know, your, your listener wants to do as well. But that's actually a great thing because then later you can collaborate with them. And there's tons of ways to collaborate. This one that you asked about was a joint venture sale. So I organized six, I think six or seven other English teachers who also have YouTube channels. Some of them have podcasts. They have an online presence and they also have a digital course. So we put maybe nine products because some people contributed a couple of things and uh, did like a bundle deal for like super, super duper price. And it was a flash sale. So just one week long. Mm -hmm. So basically low price, short time, and then market it to all of our audiences, which is super cool because even though we're doing the same topic, we have some overlap, but not everyone's going to be the same, like across, you know, all email lists or all YouTube channels. I mean, there's still a huge number of people learning English out there that haven't heard about me and they should. <laughs> and here, here's a way to get in front of a bunch of other people's audiences. And I think it was really beneficial for everyone. I had the the people who participated tell me that, you know, it was it was really good, like enjoyed it. We did the first one in December and we're going to do another one in a few months. So the way it works for those, do you just collect, do you get credit just like based on like the number of packages that you sell? Or is it kind of like we're going to divvy up all of the revenue at the end of the week? The best way, I think the the fairest way is to do affiliate links so that, you know, each person gets credit. They get a certain percent of every sale that they generate with their affiliate link. So like if someone has been around longer, if they're more established, they probably have a bigger audience and then they would probably sell more items or, you know, vice versa. But I think that kind of incentivizes more hustle, you know, to like get out there and get it in front of your audience and, and yeah, and let them take advantage of the, the great sale. So you've been doing this full time now for, for a little over a year. So congratulations on making the leap to, from side hustler to, to full time. Thank you. What was the, was there a revenue target you were looking to hit before you made that leap or would tell me about that transition? Yeah, well, I'm like miss safety first, <laughs> responsibility first. And I think my greatest fear was like having to ask for a loan or like moving in with my parents again or something like that. So I wanted to make sure that I had enough to replace my income as a professor or, or almost as much, like definitely enough to pay rent and bills and take care of myself. So I just kind of set it at like roughly my salary that I was making as an English professor in Tokyo. That was my last full-time job. And yeah, and hit that like around October, November of 2015. Awesome. Well, congratulations, Gabby. Thank you so much for uh, for joining me. This has been awesome. I'm, I've got some tweaks to make to my YouTube channel or, or maybe to start actually paying attention to it because I've done almost nothing over there. You can check Gabby out at laptopteacher.com and of course, gonaturalenglish.com. And we'll uh, wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. You have to make that decision. Are you going to be all the way in or are you going to be out? Because that was the point. When I made that decision, I was like, no, there's no other lifestyle for me. I have to 
be an entrepreneur. I have to be a hustler in a good way. (laughs) That's when things really started growing. So my number one tip is decide if you're going to commit even while you're working at another job. Decide to commit. That's a, that's a really good one. I don't know if anyone has, uh, has given that one before. So Gabby, thanks so much. And uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you, Nick. So my top takeaways from this call with Gabby, number one, answer questions. If you're already teaching in a particular field or working in a certain industry, you've got an endless stream of content ready for you to create. Number two, videos are great but emails are better. Think about what you can do to get viewers back to your website and onto your email list. Number three, diversify those income streams. Gabby has got her uh, her digital product sales, and that's kind of the bread and butter. She's also got her YouTube ad revenue, her sponsorship income, and her joint venture bundle sale revenue. And that's in addition to the one-on-one um, English teaching that she was doing uh, just starting out. So if you want to check out some of Gabby's work, I've linked up her YouTube channel from the show notes page uh, for this episode. You can find that at sidehustlenation.com slash Gabby. And while you're there, you can also download a free PDF highlight reel with all of her top tips from this conversation. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there, make something happen, and I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.